Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Monday, everyone, and you're listening to the AZ Wildcats Podcast. I'm joined by my guy Brody Dryden. A uh, friendly reminder that this is all brought to you by DraftKings. You should go and you should download the DraftKings app, code word PHNX, and you know what? You get a free $150 play if you put in $1. Again, $1, a free $150 play, 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. All right, joined by uh, Mr. Brody Dryden here, who's going to be talking a little bit about the uh, view on the campus about uh, Arizona. But Brody, uh, first of all, just kind of give people a little bit of a uh, little bit of an update. Who is Mr. Brody Dryden right now, besides being six foot seven? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Mike, obviously, um, we've worked together um, at 1290 for now. I was looking, Mike, it's been over two years. It's been almost two and a half years since I uh, was brought on out at 1290, which uh, it feels like yesterday. Um, and right now I'm, I'm hosting the pregame show uh, for the IMG side of the U of A football uh, broadcast. So that's kind of what I'm. Um, up to broadcasting wise just graduated in may from the u of a um, so i guess you could say i'm still relevant enough on, on campus at least mm-hmm. to be uh, uh have some expertise on what's going on zona zoo wise uh and stuff but apart from that mike i'm just happy to be here with you so all right i'm happy me. i'm happy to be here as well and you know what we generally don't get to graphics until a little bit later on but you know what i'm gonna get first we're gonna lead with the stat of the game because i got two for you all right. Arizona, Arizona football outgained Oregon by almost 50 yards in that game against the Ducks up in Autzen Stadium. And oh, by the way, they also threw five interceptions in the process. But you know what, Brody? This is going to be the first time I think that we're ever going to lead with a Arizona loss of 21 plus points and a five pick game and be let's be honest, enthused by what we saw out there. Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right, Mike. And I feel like going into the game, uh, you know, you kind of hate to think it, but you see some, uh, you know, pregame tweets and, uh, you know, talk about Arizona against Oregon, um, kind of the buzz on social media and the expectation uh, was far from a win going into Mm -hmm. Eugene. 
but it was just kind of a hope that it wouldn't be a blowout. And maybe if it wasn't a blow or if it would be a blowout, it wouldn't be that way going into the second half. So the fact that Arizona was so competitive um, and despite, you know, the big turnover margin, even through the first three quarters, the Wildcats hung in there. And uh, I, I think I saw that in three of Arizona's four first four games now, um, they have outgained their opponents despite losing. Uh, so obviously everyone wants to win, but when, you know, the expectations for most people were realistic going against the number three team in the nation, a, a team that beat Ohio state a couple weeks right. prior. Um, I, I think it was just a, about as good of those first three quarters that you could ask for. You know, everybody's beating up Jordan McLeod and I want to get your take because again, you're on campus, you see, you know, Jordan McLeod, you got a little bit of the vibe and feel for the uh, program. Everybody's beating up Jordan McLeod right now for his five interceptions. I don't really care about that. And again, <laughs> yes, you can't, you shouldn't throw five interceptions. I get that. But Brody, the difference to me is that unlike with the other quarterbacks, and this isn't meant to bash Cruz, not meant to bash Plummer, every time Arizona had the football, I had a feeling that they were going to move up and down the field. Again, bad picks, I get that, but you felt like Arizona was moving the football right there and that they could continue to move the ball throughout the game. And let's be honest, they did move the ball throughout the game. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I I mean, Oregon... You look at them going into the season and doing the scouting report, they kind of seem like a, and they're designed to be a bend, don't break type of defense. But then the way we've watched Arizona play, you'd kind of expect that that goes out the window and, you know, Oregon would just dominate Arizona um, on the defensive side. But the thing is, Jordan McLeod did make progress throughout the field. They put it into the red zone, um, you know, so many times. And unfortunately, uh, for Arizona and McLeod, he did throw, throw those picks in, in the red zone. But I've got to say, again, like you said, not to bash uh, Cruz or Plummer, but you didn't get that feeling in the, the first three games that um, Arizona had the vision and, you know, the ability to make that progress. But McLeod, while he may not have seen all uh, the defensive reads, the defensive backs kind of hiding out there, trying for those interceptions, he did see the receivers, and he at least went for those plays. And um, as we saw, uh, made some really big ones in those first three quarters. Yeah, Bob uh, um, just uh, uh, YouTube messaged us, and he said that he thinks Anthony Brown, the Oregon quarterback, is a little bit below average. My point more so is this. I want if you watch the game, actually, and you didn't know who was who, I came away thinking that Anthony Brown was not really any better than Jordan McLeod. Sure, he didn't make the turnovers, but he also didn't have the big splash plays throughout the game that Jordan McLeod did. Yeah, no, exactly. And Jordan McLeod, that was one thing. I was covering uh, spring practice, uh, you know, in the uh, I guess my final semester at the U of A, uh, not not that long ago, and seeing kind of the first steps of the Jed Fish um, era. And it was before Jordan McLeod got on campus. And we saw right. uh, Gore, uh, Will Plummer and uh, Gunnar Cruz taking kind of the team one and team two reps. But then there was this anticipation, like, you know, Will Plummer, we've seen him in an Arizona uniform um, in a starting role before, but not necessarily full-time starting. And Gunnar Cruz was kind of a question mark because he hadn't had that experience. But Jordan McLeod was a guy 
um, that a lot of people had some anticipation about him because he had so much experience down in South Florida. He played a full season right. uh, for them, put up some great statistics. And I think that's the difference maker uh, with him, he, even though, again, you don't want five interceptions. That's a glaring number. Um but you, you could tell out there he has a poise, he has a confidence about him that maybe you get him in there against a defense that isn't the number three ranked team in the entire nation. Right. Uh, the interception numbers go down. And, you, you know, I, I think that experience does kind of put him in. It could put him in, you know, the caliber as one of the better uh, Pac-12 South quarterbacks, you know, come maybe next year or later in, in the year. If he gets a little bit more opportunity. Do you get the sense that the team rallies to him a little bit more watching the game? And even when he threw an interception, it seemed that guys would come up to him and he would either pat them on the back. They would pat him on the back. But there was never a sense of, you know, your head was down. Oh, what's going on here? It was always moving on to the next. And I think that McLeod, at least from an out, you know, from a person who's not on the sideline, it looked like he has a a command and a respect of the team that you don't always see when you're looking at a guy who it's his first year on campus, literally his first couple months on campus. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I, I feel like there is something about uh, Jordan McLeod, uh, as you like to say, Mike, he, he seems like a leader of men, a, a, a true leader of, of, of men out there. And that's a, a lot that has to do with it because um, – you know, you, you look at uh, other positions and, you know, this is just fact that, you know, you don't need necessarily your, your right guard or your right tackle to be the leader of men and the most confidence in the world uh, to be effective out there. But you do need that from your quarterback. You need a guy that has respect in the locker room, that guys uh, want to follow out on the field, that uh, you have the confidence in the guy lining up under center that he's actually going to make the right decision. Um, he's the best guy for the job. And I, I did get that feeling out there. And I think without uh, that feeling, Arizona wouldn't have put up as great of an effort as they did. Um, and it, again, it, it's a mutual thing because despite McLeod throwing um, five picks and a, a few in the, in the uh, red zone, it, it's kind of like no one gave up. You, you kind of expect maybe on paper, man, the quarterback's throwing a ton of interceptions, whatever, but you could tell the receivers, um, the running backs, everyone on Arizona's side of the ball was kind of like, hey, keep your head up, um, keep at it, and uh, we're, we're still behind you, and that, that takes a lot. So Scott Schlittenhart, one of uh, one of my favorite people, he put a uh, he he just commented and he said um, that he was surprised that Arizona was able to move the ball with how vanilla it is. I'm going to stick up for the staff here a little bit though because Scott and Brody, I think you got to remember too that this was a guy. Now maybe it was a misevaluation, maybe it wasn't, but this was also a guy who wasn't able to get most of these first string reps. I mean, throughout camp, he was always running third. When whether it was Will Plummer or Gunnar Cruz, these were guys that were going to be getting 70, 75, 80% of all the snaps here. So now that you've got a bye week, and I'm just guessing here, but now that you got a bye week, guys, I think you're going to see probably a more expanded playbook because McLeod's going to have 12, 13 days to be able to get some of this under his belt. And I think you're going to see a little bit of a different performance out there. Yeah, and that's going to be a, a huge step forward for him because, um, 
I, I think, like I mentioned, he wasn't there for spring ball. So Gunnar Cruz transferred immediately from Washington State. Will Plummer's been with the program um, for a couple of years now. So based on that, you kind of don't blame Jed Fish, uh, Brennan Carroll, and the Arizona staff for going with those guys because they're familiar with the playbook. They were around for spring camp, yet familiar with the team. They might think, hey, you know, the rest of the team has more confidence in these guys because – They've been around, but that's not always the case. And so it, even though McLeod was a later arrival than Cruz uh, and Plummer, I again, I, I think that experience has a lot more uh, to do with things than, than people say, because you can just tell how he conducts himself um, out there, that, that it's a real difference maker. I think Jed Fish is looking at it right now, and he's thinking to himself, you know what, the best way to back the A going forward is going to be able to have Jordan McLeod under center. Now, I got something for you, Brody. I made a little bit of made a little bit of coin this week off of DraftKings yeah. right there. Are you are are you in any of it? Are you in any of these free plays? You know, I I, I definitely have used the uh, the PHNX uh, code to get my uh, you know good get your good free plays get my free plays in there. I haven't used them all because I'm. I, the thing is, I've been trying to listen more uh, to all the PHNS content because you guys are so plugged in with the betting, but um, I'm I'm just not an expert uh, or anything. But I do try my best, and I've been keeping an eye on, on things. Well, so. well here's, the, here's the key. I think if, when it comes to DraftKings and looking to get money – and you know that one dollar free one dollar free wager for one hundred and fifty bucks. Here's the key: go with what Mike Luke says on his pick against <laughs> the U of A, but then go in the opposite direction. Because so far, I've been wrong on both, even though I felt good. I did make some money though off the NFL last uh, yesterday, and it feels it feels great. It gives you a reason to kind of watch the game. And again, I'm not a guy that's ever going to be putting down big coin or anything. Well. I mean, because you can look at my background right here. But at the same time, though, it's also something that's fun because it allows you to have a little bit of skin in the game. And you know what? If you're sacrificing a dollar to get 150 bucks, it's worth it. So check out DraftKings at go or at PA and put in code word PHNX and you'll be good to go there. All right. Let's let's talk a little bit around what's going on campus. Let's check the temperature of the Zona Zoo with Brody Dryden. Heat check time, baby. All right, Brody, talk about what is the feeling on campus about the U of A right now and U of A football? You know, despite Arizona being on this historic losing streak and, um, you know, morale might be down for uh, the, the fan base right now, I think the Zona Zoo is in a pretty good place. And we've seen that um, in the first uh two games at home, San Diego State and NAU, uh, the Zona Zoo showed out. There's no other way to put it. You know, it was packed in the student section. And that was something coming off a year where no fans were allowed. Um, and this doesn't just go for the student section. This just goes for attendance in general. It, it was a big question mark. Nobody knew if people were going to come out, um, if students were going to buy their Zona Zoo pass and show up to the games, or if it was kind of, you know, scared of, you know, wh whether it be COVID or, um, whatever, but I, I think that the Zona Zoo has done a really good job um, kind of responding to the way that Jed Fish has, mm -hmm. you know, reached out to the student body. We saw uh, before the first game against San Diego State, he made his way out to Greek Row, which was a phenomenal effort, which I, I hadn't <laughs> it seen. It really was, done. man. Can you yeah. imagine someone or Rich Rod doing that? No, you couldn't. You, you really couldn't at all, and that's the thing. If you can't get 
the wins immediately, which we've seen, um, you need efforts like that. And he was delivering the it's personal shirt to the frats. He asked them, Hey, can you change the times of, you know, when you, when you guys are doing your events. So then it can lead into the games instead of conflicting with it, because uh, there's no way around it. Arizona as a university, the student body loves their Greek life and they love mm-hmm. their, um, their did Brody lie to, draw it in like his Greek life, even though he wasn't in Greek life? You know, I, I let's just say, let's just say I enjoyed my football games on Saturdays in the Zona Zoo. You know, right. we, we had our times. What's um, it going to take for the student? And again, I'm sounding like I'm 75 years old right now. Not quite that old, but I'm getting there. What's it going to take for the f- students to be able to have a Zona Zoo that is packed from beginning to end and not leaving at halftime? Is it as simple as, you know what, just win baby and we'll show up? You you know, I think the thing that would help is winning. Um, (laughs) And I mean, I think we honestly expected um, the opposite to happen against NAU as history had it. And I hate to bring this one up too much, but you know, Arizona historically blows out NAU. So I think, I would have thought that, you know, at halftime, Arizona would be up three plus touchdowns, whatever, and the student body gets bored from that. Um, but I, I wanted to give the Zona Zoo, and I, from mem- if my memory serves me correctly. Give them some yeah, yeah. And I think the Zona Zoo stayed past halftime for the NAU game pretty well because it was a competitive game. The one thing that happened was obviously it rained in Tucson during that. So that kind of sent some people. Um, uh, away, but I thought they did a good job of staying through halftime. But I do think, you know, like everyone says, winning solves all problems uh, with this sort of stuff. So that would certainly help. But I, I want to say that, you know, kind of the concessions and they did a big remodeling thing when I was a student a few years ago um, uh, behind the Zona Zoo. So you can go kind of hang out at halftime. That helped me. I'd be. And it's hard to talk from experience because I stayed to the end of every game. I never wanted to leave um, early or anything, so I don't You're necessarily cut from a know what's going You're cut from exactly. a different cloth, Brody. That, that's kind of what I'm trying to say. I'm just built different, Mike. Um, and, hard edge. And so, yeah, so I, I think, you know, they made it fun in that aspect. Um, but winning would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, winning would solve a lot of problems because generally when you have schools that win, you don't really have this kind of issue. Now, here's my next question. Arizona's got the longest losing streak in the country right now amongst Power 5 programs. Is that a talk is that a talk amongst kids or is that something basically that older people like me and uh, other uh, other people just kind of opine on? Yeah, I mean the, the one thing is it kind of helps that there's a new coaching staff in there and Jed Fish has made that effort with the community um, and the student section to kind of bring, uh, you know, some new life, at least in terms of excitement. Um, obviously, students weren't there to witness the 2020 season and Kevin Sumlin's final um, game. and Which might have been for the better. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think them not being present and having to kind of live through that, that's the thing with how we're going uh, or how the world's been. Students haven't been able to be on campus for uh, those games and they they want to be with their friends. And it, it kind of doesn't matter. You know, it, U of A students, some schools maybe in the South are like that. U, U of A students don't go to the U of A for football 
to go to the football games, but That's it is sure. just a, always a great, it's a great thing to have because um, students at the U of A have a fun time. And so then you go with your friends and it's kind of a community thing. And that's why you still see the Zona Zoo uh, coming out in full force. And I do want to say, I feel like you, you talk about the old people bringing up certain things. I, I feel like I've seen, especially before the start of this season, a lot of people saying, man, the Zona Zoo doesn't show up like they used to. Rep your people in, there, Brody. Rep your people. Yeah, yeah. Ba- back in my day, you know, when I was a student at the U of A, we'd never miss a game. But it's like, well, back in your day, it was Desert Swarm or Kelvin Efon on a team that, you know, almost went undefeated in the 90s or whatever. And it's just kind of like, again, broken record type thing. Winning solves all problems. So I don't think you can necessarily blame, you know, a certain – swath of students for not uh you know necessarily being the most excited so that does affect some things but i i still think they deserve some props for coming out the way they have in the the beginning of the season you know that's a little bit of a segue that we're going to head over into basketball in a second but you know what let me tell you a little bit about DraftKings right here because the great thing about DraftKings is that arizona 28 and a half point underdog or 29 and a half point underdogs if you had real confidence in your team if you're one of those kids in the zona zoo that is going to back the a until the very end you could have put down one dollar and won 150 bucks on arizona covering that and you know what you'd have a little bit extra spending money right there you not just got to put in code word phnx right there bro you know say that mike or brody sent you even though i don't know that that's necessarily an option and you know what then you're good to go 150 bucks one dollar you don't have anything that you can lose there big dog yep sounds like a good deal to me Sounds like a good deal. It'll be interesting to see what that line with UCLA is going to be next week. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I would imagine it'll probably be a couple scores. So if you look on for Arizona to build on that, I think that's probably a pretty good way to put in. Now, Brody yeah. mentioned Brody mentioned what makes things go in this town, and I'm going to go. I'm going to veer a little bit sideways here, but I think you're ready for it. Arizona basketball is what people really care about in the, in this town. You've got a new guy in Tommy Lloyd coming into town right here, new big dog on campus. And there's, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of optimism around the program right now. And I think that this is, you got media day coming up on Wednesday, by the way, you're going to be there. I I think so. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm, everybody's excited to see what's going on. Everybody's excited to kind of see what's going on. It's going to be the first time that fans can be back. You've got a new system in place, and you've got some pretty good talent. So what's the feeling amongst the ki- or the students on campus about U of A hoops? Is it as spirited as usual? Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's one thing about contrasting programs is um, football not winning right now. Uh, but Arizona basketball, um, kind of the, the pride of the U of A, uh, coming back. And I think there is a lot of optimism. I mean, returning guys like Ben Rath, uh, Ben Matherin, Azulis Tabellis, you know, there's these kind of, you know, even Kirk Creesa, Christian Coloco, there's some, some names that people know, um, they've been around. And I think that, you know, Tommy Lloyd, I, again, another guy who's bringing, um, a breath of fresh air. Uh, to Mikhail and stuff, I, I think it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to the Red and Blue game uh, media day on Wednesday to just kind of get a little bit of a better look into what Tommy Lloyd can do as a head coach, what the X's and O's um, are, are going to look like, because those are some questions that we still need 
uh, answer, but a lot of exciting names. And, and like you mentioned, it's, it's what people at, at the U of A root for most. So it should be exciting. Yeah. I look at this talent. I would just look at the roster right now. And I think people, nobody should expect a final four out of this squad, but generally when a first year head coach comes in, you have a little bit of a, there's kind of a little bit of a, a stagnant period where you got to get your own guys in. That's really not the case here, Brody. You've got a guy in Azulis Tabellis and Ben Matherin. Ben Matherin, who we're going to have on the show later in the week. Yeah, wink, wink, wink. Wow. These are these are guys that are all conference caliber players immediately. These are guys that can play for basically anybody in the country. And you generally don't see that when you have a coaching change immediately, especially a guy in Ben Matherin, who is probably an NBA guy, a Julius Tabellis, even if he's not an NBA guy, he's going to be a guy that's going to make a lot of money overseas. That's kind of where we are. So again, not a final four team, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if this team has top 25 expectations under Tommy Lloyd by the end of the year, Brody. Yeah, exactly. And not only um, just the talent there, but I feel like there is some personality to this team. You know, I, I think Tommy Lloyd, uh, while he might not be an in-your-face uh, kind of guy like Jed Fish is for football, I think he is a pretty personable uh, guy for Tucson uh, to get to know. And then between Kirk Creesa, I you know, I, I know the diehards like to follow him on social medias he's, he's a fun guy to know and in christian coloco saw all these guys like handing out pizza right for football games get, getting tickets sold to the red and blue game it seems like this this team just has a good personality um about it that even if it's not the most impressive win and loss record and finish uh to a season it's kind of gonna give tucson you know a fun team to rally behind yeah, and let's talk a little bit about the point guard position because when I was growing up, it was point guard you a little bit before Brody, but still point guard you. You had an assembly line of guys. You had your Damon Stoudemires, your Mike Bibbies, your Jason Terry's. Heck, even before that, your Steve Kerr's. So I say Steve Kerr because your point guard now is going to be named Kerr Creesa. Now, a couple questions here. Is what does Arizona need out of him, Brody, in your opinion? Because that's the question that a lot of people have. Do they just need somebody that's going to be able to bring the ball down the court, not be able to pat or just, you know, keep the ball, not turn it over and make open shots? Or do they need somebody that's going to be a little bit more dynamic? You know, I think how I imagine at least Kirk Kreese being great for this offense is kind of being more of a, a passive uh, facilitator because. Like we mentioned, there are guys like Ben Matherin, Azulis Tabellis that you want uh, scoring, and those are who the plays are going to be designed for. I think Kirk Creaso, we saw in his freshman season that was, you know, obviously unfortunately shortened uh, with injury and in the um, NCAA rule and, and everything. But I, I think that we saw his ability to make some shots, and he's got a lot of confidence about him, which uh, you like to see. But I do think that. You hope that since he will be a primarily a primary handler of the ball coming up the court, that he does get those assist numbers up and he, he kind of takes on uh, the role more as a, a facilitator than a shoot first type point guard. But it is nice to know he can. I, I, who knows how this um, offseason went? I'm excited to see how he performs in the red blue game and in the preseason um, to see if his offense has developed 
a little bit more. But um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm kind of hoping and expecting more of a facilitator role. Yeah, and I think Bob put the hit the nail on the head. He said about ten and five is needed from him. If they get ten and five from Kerr, I think that you're pretty much good to go. I'm curious to see what happens when uh, we're at media day and just seeing him, kind of seeing his confidence, seeing what his swagger level is. But it's going to help that he's going to have guys that he's going to be able to play off of for sure. And again, that's something that you generally don't see with a, a first year team. I'm also excited to see the style of play. I think when with Tommy Lloyd, I think, and this isn't meant to bash Sean Miller, he did some really good things, but I think you're going to see a less restrictive style of play offensively. I think you're going to see a little bit more of a, I hate to compare anybody to Lute Olsen, but I think you're going to see a little bit more of a up-tempo, a little bit maybe more fan-friendly where you let the guys go. And let's be honest, with Arizona basketball, that's what we've, that's what we came to know. That's what we came to expect here, Brody. Yeah, no, it exactly is. And uh, again, I just feel like this is a, a good team for that type of play because um, expectations aren't low, but they're not at an all-time high either. It's not like Tommy Lloyd is inheriting um, some kind of generational class or generational roster, but they are good. And there's some mm -hmm. exciting players. And Ben Matherin, I think, has the most amount of hype and expectation, at least in the fan base. And if you kind of let him loose a little bit and, uh, again, get that exciting, fun basketball, like you mentioned, uh, back into it, that's more than enough for me. This is also the time to be on uh, PHNX Sports, the AZ Wildcats podcast on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Go on to go PHNX and, you know, get your membership. Got a lot of really good stuff. You got videos, live streams, merchandise, pretty much whatever you want. We've got you covered right here. So, Brody, just kind of in summation, because we're going to have you back on a bunch of different times throughout the season. Arizona, the state of Arizona athletics right now with the fan base, what exactly would you say right now is or the student base? Is it, you know, is it optimistic? Is it, you know what, you win, we'll show up? Is it kind of a little bit in between? Where do the kids stand? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not uh, black and white, Mike. I, I think it is uh, somewhere in between because, uh, you know, we're just coming off this football season where nobody could go to games. So I think we've seen basically a sold-out Zona Zoo in the first couple games at home. They're just happy to be back with their friends. They're happy to be a part of a student section and root for a school. I mean, come down the stretch of the season if – Arizona continues to just get belted and belted. Maybe you do lose some uh, some interest there, but I think it's a little bit more optimistic than some people want to paint uh, the the picture out to be. Because obviously, diehards um, and, and fans on social media who might remember the good old days or better mm -hmm. days um, quicker than say a freshman on right. on campus at the U of A who came from out of state and all they care about is having a fun time. So for, for that, I think there is a little bit more uh, sense of optimism and now basketball coming into the picture. I think it's just a, maybe a, a tweak more optimistic than uh, the typical U of A thing. Back in the day, if DraftKings was around and you were, and Lute Olson was a thing, you would 100% want to bet on the over. Because that's oh, another yeah. cool thing. You got a lot of different avenues right there. The OU is always something you can play. People look at it and say, eh, I don't really want to, uh, I don't really know what that means. Listen, if your team's going to score, 
you want to go with the over and you want to be putting in that at DraftKings. Again, you got a $1 free play. You get $150 out of that if you win. Basketball's right around the corner. We're going to be at Media Day covering everything for PHNX Wildcats. And again, DraftKings is the spot to be and put in your code word PHNX. You got a good Monday night game to get going on tonight. So a lot of different avenues that you can traverse right here, Brody, if you want to take that DraftKings route. Yeah, I, I think we're all all going to be rich by midnight, Mike. We are. That's how we roll. Uh, again, we're going to have Ben Matherin on later in the week. We're going to have uh, Stan Berryhill. Going to have a lot of U of A guys on this week. And I uh, appreciate everybody out there listening. The podcast will be up soon. And Brody, can't thank you enough for coming on, my man. And you're going to be a staple of this show, buddy. I appreciate you. Yeah, it was, it was a ton of fun, Mike. Thanks for having me. For sure. And thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.